The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Than something that's produced by a professional. Uh, so I mean, much like kind of the farrier had to become a mechanic, uh, um, w- w- when cars became ubiquitous, there's no necessarily ne- necess- there's not necessarily a, a need to panic. That's you know, that it it might destroy some jobs, it would create others. Be prepared to adapt, I think, is the main thing. And uh, get to know this technology, get to understand how it works. Don't read the headlines that say it can do this and that, it democratises this and that, because that's the people who are selling it saying that. It just does things, it's a tool. Figure out how you can use it, figure out how it works, understand how it works. Don't just use it um, kind of willy-nilly, not really understanding the tool. Mm. I always advise people to do that with technology. And just people need to adapt. Like, I believe there's a company somewhere in the Midlands in Ireland that used to make uh, springs for horse carriages that ended up obviously when horse carriages went out of favour turned it into a, be- a business that made springs for beds so like you never know what yes. way your business can adapt and and, and uh, change in, when technology comes around and, and does that kind of disruption thing but it doesn't have to be that it rules you out rule yourself in uh, Rosanna is there a role for regulation though in all of this uh, as well I know they're trying to grapple with this at your kind of European uh, level and there's been kind of suggestions uh, to 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 classify uh, different industries and in different categories from kind of high risk to low risk, and I think one of the high risk areas, for example, is kind of AI management of of national grids, uh, for example, is something they would consider a high risk. AI uh, uh, management of weapon system would be considered high risk, and then kind of it, it goes down to low from there. I mean, is that something that we necessarily need to look at? I think at the moment everyone is still grappling with this, whether that's at European legislation level or, you know, us right now talking about this Irish Times story. And I think even that the tech leaders came out, you know, however cynically you want to look at that with their call to have the six-month pause. It's such a bizarre, I think, idea in a sense, but pause on AI development just shows, like, if they're asking for a pause to take stock, you know, almost what kind of hope like are we putting in legislators to be on top of this at the moment? I think it is it's running at warp speed, and and, and this kind of um, you know classification material. I, I don't I don't see it being something that is effective at this you know as ineffective at this point. And what about uh, just to bring it back as we kind of kick things off talking about uh, the media and the Irish Times, Rosanna? What are the types of protocols that should be put in place so that, you know, uh, the business post, uh, the currency, the Irish Times, News Talk, whoever it happens to be, that they can say to their readers, listen, you can trust exactly what we are publishing because of A, B and C. Actually, I just wanted to bring up that there is, I've seen a later, uh, just an email that came in a few minutes ago that the NUJ have actually gotten in touch with Irish Times management over the incident. Um, saying that they're deeply concerned on multiple levels and these are editorial and industrial relations issues. That email has just gone out and I think the Irish Times is now kind of preparing a response from the editor and the deputy editor about this um, and it'll go out to all staff this afternoon. So the Irish Times, I guess, even internally is in, in the middle of their own eye of the storm at the moment, even though we're saying, you know, this could have happened to anyone absolutely and I suppose going forward, it'll it'll be interesting to see what procedures are put in place whether yeah. Oh, we seem to have lost uh, Rosanna there. Um, uh, Elaine, I, I'm 
to, to, to broaden it out then just before we wrap things up I mean beyond the media I, I, I mentioned to Sean Moncrief earlier the CEO of, a, of an energy company was on the BBC yesterday morning and very very primitive AI they've put in place in the last six weeks just to answer email uh, queries from customers and within just six weeks it's doing the job of 250 people and the only reason they haven't had to make them redundant is because they're expanding at the moment Is it doing the job well though? Because we have seen when especially with customer service when automation is brought in and it's brought in badly you actually tend to see a drop in your customer satisfaction level. So there is a big question here about like because you can scale things and do them you know at a a scale that a human being couldn't do it does that mean it's actually any good? Because I can email hundreds of people an automated email at once is that better than crafting one very good individualised one to make a pitch? So we do have to those trade-offs. But I guess the point uh, of AI is that it's not a generic email to 100 people. It's 100 different emails. It, it will instantly send out, if you've got a million customers, they'll get a million different versions of the email. No two will be alike. They'll be like snowflakes. But if you haven't checked them and some of them are gobbledygook and they just confuse your customers and result in more queries, have you actually saved any time? Have you actually done any benefit to your customers? And do your customers want generative personalised emails or do they just want good service like these are things like where should you actually be investing your money here really on cheaper bills if you're not paying 250 extra people it might yeah. lead to a cheaper bill and who knows That's what fair. level of customer service they'll put up with. well I think things don't work and then customer service becomes the number one priority listen it's absolutely fascinating Elaine thanks a million for joining us and you too Rosanna Elaine Burke is a tech journalist host of the For Tech Sake podcast and Rosanna Cooney business correspondent with The Currency it won't need human help once it reaches a tipping point in its able to self-educate to somebody else it will not need us on an emotional level or anything like that because it's intellectual pedigree be something new and far beyond us uh, Linda says Kieran is the future we need to embrace it or get left behind scary but true and Brendan says that fake article seemed to be satire anyway should the Irish Times have published the silly thing even if it was real <laughs> wonders Brendan Brendan thank you for the text The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.